and is in our DNA. This trademarked Northwestern University slogan has been around since 2015. The phrase is only five words, but students and faculty at NU have more than five words to say about it. I think it's important not to necessarily impugn what I assume are the the, the good intentions of the administrators and marketing folks at Northwestern who developed the slogan, but I think it has a, a range of unintended consequences for members of the community that have been troubling for several years now. Peter Locke is an associate professor of instruction in the Global Health Studies program at NU since 2014. Locke said the and part of the and is in our DNA slogan speaks to capitalist values ingrained in our culture. That picks up on our larger cultural expectations expectations that what makes a life worth living is extensive overachievement of various kinds, right? Uh, and especially a lot of hard work and sacrifice to stand out from the crowd, to overachieve in a capitalist society, whether that's measured by money uh, or other criteria. Locke said he is the most intrigued by the latter half of the slogan, specifically the word DNA, as it reflects the techno-scientific optimism of society. Um, the heavy emphasis on STEM education and STEM achievement especially during the generation of students that we're teaching now, right? Last 20, 30 years, so much alarm over are we being competitive as a society in terms of our STEM skills and achievements. Locke said he resents the word DNA in this statement. It doesn't feel terribly inclusive to me of what a broader liberal arts education is meant to be about, which of course includes sciences uh, and that sort of technological know-how, but should go well beyond that to the supportive training of good ethical citizens and advocates for the most vulnerable in our, our cultures and societies once they leave here. One of Locke's biggest concerns with this statement is the slogan's impact on students' mental health. He shared how students have come to his office breaking down and feeling overwhelmed. Locke said he has observed students competing over how busy they are. You kind of all feel like you're supposed to be stressed out and miserable all the time. Um, and if you're not stressed out and miserable all the time, right, maybe you're doing something wrong. And that doesn't seem particularly healthy either. Fourth year, Shantha Burt, studying global health, psychology, and data science, shared similar sentiments about productivity culture on campus. When it's just kind of like booked and busy all the time and everyone overbooks themselves and overcommits and it can be super stressful. And even when you like don't have free time, I think it's a common tendency for Northwestern students to always feel like they're not doing enough. Although Bert said the slogan can sometimes stigmatize having free time at NU, she also said the slogan's foundation is key to why she applied to NU in the first place. Everyone is so passionate and so driven and so unique in what they're passionate about. And that's because they're able to combine their different interests and do really, really cool things. Bert said it is the and in our DNA that fuels students' unique paths and makes the environment more supportive than cutthroat on campus. And because everyone's kind of on their like own trajectory, doing like their own unique thing, um, it's not really cutthroat. It's very collaborative. People are very interested in seeing, you know, how everyone's passions come together and, you know, how you can merge two different people's paths into like one really cool project or something like that. Joe Littell, the Associate Director of Student Organizations and Activities at NU, said it is the variety of interests on campus that makes NU unique. It, it encourages you to branch out, encourages you to build relationships through academic as well as other experiences here, and just kind of 
grants that privilege of being able to get involved and, and pursue your interests. Littell was aware of the criticism for this slogan and said well-being is a priority. We're not encouraging students to try and, you know, optimize every single minute of their time here with something structured or an involvement. But I will say that, you know, wellness and well-being are principal concerns, as well as opportunities for students to be well and be happy here. For second year econ and data science major Jack Troxell, well-being while simultaneously being involved in a variety of activities, such as club swim and club water polo, dance marathon, business clubs, and a fraternity, is all about balance. I feel like it's a great balance between like picking activities that I really, really like doing, which a lot of the time I feel like just makes school go a lot easier for myself. Um, I, I feel like if I can spend more time uh, playing water polo or swimming or training for triathlons and doing stuff that I really enjoy, it then makes the time that I have to spend doing schoolwork and whatnot less stressful. Um, and, and it's always good to, to take breaks doing doing things that I like to do. Bird said it took time for her to figure out her balance at NU, but she said sometimes still stresses over comparisons between peers. This is her advice. Not feel like you're behind or not feel like you're inadequate. Like, I think you just got to keep your head up and you got to be confident. And you also got to know that, like, things work out. While this slogan can be controversial, it is important to recognize both its benefits and implications. From WNUR News, I'm Ari Burnick. BTS is yet to come to Blackpink's Pink Venom. A year full of exciting new releases and performances accumulates with one of the Korean pop music scene's most internationally anticipated award ceremonies, the Mnet Asian Music Awards, or MAMA. Mnet Asian Music Awards, 여자 가수상. Founded by the entertainment company CJENM and initially launched as a music video award ceremony modeled after MTV's VMAs, the MAMA Awards have been recognizing achievements in K-pop and the Asian music industry since 1999. Although it was first held in Seoul, South Korea, the award ceremony has expanded into various other Asian cities such as Macau, Singapore, Hong Kong, and most recently, Osaka, where MAMA is being presented this year on November 29th and 30th. <laughs> A unique characteristic of MAMA is its fan voting, which is open for certain categories. Megan Lin, a first-year student who has been following the award show since 2014, speaks on the voting process. Yeah, so I think it kind of changes every year, but like, for example, right now, it's just voting for the top 10 for worldwide fans choice. The main categories, or daesons, which roughly translates to grand prize, are artist of the year, album of the year, and song of the year. Those are not audience voting. Um, there's like a judge panel, and they also look at like numbers and like overall impact and whatnot. Still, Megan says that her pick for song of the year is BTS's Yet to Come. I think like BTS deserves it. I think um, other strong like contenders for song of the year 
uh, my opinion would probably be mostly like your group songs like um love dive by i've tomboy by idol a highly competitive category this year seems to be best new female artist. Like the lineup is like stacked. Um, so like you have like I've, which just debuted, and they have like former members from Eyes One, which is like a huge like successful girl group. They've not had many releases, but each of the releases have like charted like super well. Megan also mentions Kepler a girl group that debuted from the popular eminent survival show, Girls Planet 999. They're, I think they're more popular internationally. Other likely contenders are La Seraphim. They came from um, Source Music, which is a branch off of like um, Hive, which is like a huge company. They just released a song, Anti-Fragile. That's like doing pretty good. And K-pop's hottest newcomer, New Jeans. They're also from Hive, and they're like all really young, but they make really good music, um, in my opinion, and they also chart really well. I was actually even looking at their Spotify numbers yesterday. I think they're one of the most like listened to like groups in general in K-pop right now, and so like their trajectory is probably gonna be really good. And they're also probably gonna release new music soon. One, two, three, four, baby. And lastly, there's Nmix, which um, comes from JYP. They're also a little bit more popular internationally than domestically. Both Enmix and Kepler, I think like of them, all of them, like they have like really huge stage presence with like the really big performers. Although Megan doesn't have a personal preference, she does share her predictions. Looking at like streams and like what judges would most likely say, I feel like I would probably win. And of course, an indispensable aspect of Mama's spectacle also comes from its live performances each year that often feature artist collaborations. I don't remember which one, but there was one year, like a few years ago, there was like an EXO performance, and that was really good. I don't remember exactly which one, but all I remember is that it really impressed me. Megan also has some collaborations she hopes to see this year. One would be a vocal stage with DK from Seventeen, Hui from Pentagon, Kim Sejong, former IOI member, and Wendy from Red Velvet. And then for dance performance, Jimin from BTS, Hoshi from Seventeen, and then Yugyeom from formerly GOT7, and Ten from NCT. You can watch the event live on any Mnet channels, TV in Asia, or online via the Mnet K-pop and KCON official YouTube channels. For WNUR News, I'm Jesse Chen. Is two an even or odd number? Even! It's an election year!
That's right, Wildcats, it's once again election season. At time of broadcast, there are only 32 days until Election Day, held on Tuesday, November 8th. A huge number of seats at the federal, state, and local levels will be up for grabs. So needless to say, it's going to be a big one. To help unpack and prepare you for the big day, here is your top-to-bottom primer for the 2022 midterm elections. First things first, registering to vote. If you're a freshman or haven't voted before, you might not know where to start. If that's the case, there's a group on campus ready to help you through registration from start to finish. Northwestern is one of the highest rates of voter registration in the country, and we like to keep it that way. This is Weinberg senior Maddie Brown, a fellow in NU Votes, a voter registration and engagement group in the Center for Civic Engagement. She said the group hit the ground running on preparing students to vote as soon as the school year started. We just finished our sort of crazy three weeks of in-person voter registration and absentee ballot request stations. We were at dining halls, we were in Norris, we were at Wildcat Welcome, um, and we amassed just hundreds and hundreds of absentee ballot requests and first-time registration from a lot of freshmen at Wildcat Welcome and all of that stuff. Northwestern students can register to vote in either Illinois or in their home state. Illinois has same-day voter registration, which requires two forms of ID, one of which has to show you've lived here at least 30 days prior to Election Day. Brown said students voting outside of Illinois should check their registration and request an absentee ballot as soon as they can, since each state sets its own voting laws and deadlines. If you're not registered, and you can register to vote online if your state allows that, do it now because you only have two weeks left probably at the most because the election is so soon. And if you're going to vote by mail, do that now because you need time to get the ballot and then postmark it and all of the stuff that goes with voting by mail. She added that NU Votes is happy to help anyone navigate their state's voting laws, no matter how confusing or restrictive. We're really set up to handle anything, any, any election questions, any requests, and we've seen it all. <laughs> we really have seen it all and we're prepared to tackle any state and any of the restrictions. Now that you have the how of voting down, it's time to think about the who, meaning who will you be voting for? Let's start with a bird's eye view. Because it's a midterm election, the president won't be on the ballot, but 34 Senate seats and the entire House of Representatives will be. On top of that, 36 states are holding elections for governor, with major toss-ups in Oregon, Arizona, Nevada, and Wisconsin. In Illinois, the marquee race is also for governor, as incumbent Democrat J.B. Pritzker runs for a second term against Republican State Senator Darren Bailey. Despite the media attention and high number of ads on the airwaves, Polls show Pritzker holding a solid lead heading into the final month of the campaign. Further down the ballot, Republicans are making a play for the Illinois State Supreme Court, going after two open seats in districts which include the Collar Counties that neighbor Cook County. Winning both would give Republicans a 4-3 majority, and would likely have huge ramifications on issues like reproductive rights, gun control, and criminal justice reform. There are also two major referendums that will appear on the Evanston ballot. One is a statewide vote on a constitutional amendment, which would add the right to collective bargaining into the Illinois Bill of Rights. The other is just in Evanston, where residents will vote on whether to adopt a ranked choice voting system in city elections for mayor, city clerk, and city council members starting in 2025. To see what student organizers are doing ahead of the election, WNUR News reached out to both the College Democrats and the College Republicans. The College Republicans did not respond to interview requests. Medill Senior Ben Chasen is the Director of Public Relations for the College Democrats. He said the organization sees protecting reproductive rights as their top issue following the ruling in Dobbs v. Jackson in June. 
Roe v. Wave was a national decision that applied to everywhere, and now that it is no longer standing, um, there are a hell of a lot of scary candidates running uh, in the state of Illinois. There's not that much standing between a Republican majority um, in, in, in some of the legislative chambers. Uh, and, and so I think we're focused on working with people like Laura Fine um, and, and, and Laura Harbour-Jong, just about figuring out what we can do at the state level. Chasen said the org is also focused on educating its own members, especially newly arriving freshmen. He said the college Dems will hold a public event soon to introduce students to the local political environment with a little help from the mayor of Evanston. We're having a crash course on Illinois politics and Evanston politics October 18th um, with Daniel Bisks. Um, he's agreed to come in and, 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 and talk a little bit about Evanston politics, about his experience with Illinois politics, because there was a lot of interest when we were talking like our initial meeting this year uh, with members. And they said, well, that's great. We want to get involved and we want to knock doors. We want to make phone calls, write letters, all the good stuff. And we're still going to do all of that. But we'd like to know, you know, what, where do things stand? With the who taken care of, all that's left is the when and where. Brown said that as election day approaches, NU Votes will focus on helping students make and carry out their plan for voting. We'll be shifting to the sort of get out the vote phase of have you voted? How are you voting? If you're voting in person, what time and what day are you going to walk to the Civic Center if you're voting early, for example? And then on election day, last chance, are you going? When are you going to the Civic Center? How can we get you there? Chasen said that no matter which party students vote for, they should remember that their vote does matter, especially in down-ballot races, which can have just as large of an impact as federal races at the top. If you live in California, or you live in New York, if you live in, in some of these solid blue or red states, um, like many people at Northwestern do, um, there's like this conception that your vote might not matter even in Illinois. But there are things on the ballot up and down um, whether they're amendments, whether they're local races, um, there's a way to be involved and, 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 and to care um, and to make an impact with your vote. Watching the polls, this is Alex Harrison, WNUR News. Welcome to The B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, Jimmy Kimmel is set to host the 95th Oscars. Twitter is delaying the rollout of verification checkmarks to subscribers until after Tuesday's midterm elections. Drake and 21 Savage dropped her loss on November 4th and the passing away of Aaron Carter. In celebrity news, comedian and late-night TV host Jimmy Kimmel is back as the host of the 95th Oscars in 2023, marking the late-night star's third time fronting the ceremony, which he last did five years ago. His hosting comes off Chris Rock's infamous hosting job last year, in which he received the slap heard across the world from Will Smith. In music news, Drake and 21 Savage dropped their collaborative album Her Loss on Friday, November 4th, to mixed critical reception. The 16-track album is riddled with call-outs and disses to a wide swath of rappers, from Megan Thee Stallion to Serena Williams' husband to newcomer Ice Spice. Though a collaborative album, Drake contributes around two-thirds of the vocals for the album, with 21 Savage taking more of a supporting role. The album's only feature is from Travis Scott. In Twitter news, 
Elon Musk announces that Twitter is delaying the rollout of verification check marks to subscribers of its new $7.99 a month subscription service until after Tuesday's midterm elections. This comes after his official acquisition of the company on November 27th and the announcement of the new verification services on November 1st. Twitter is experiencing massive financial stress following Musk's acquisition due to a drop from many advertisers, leading to controversial cuts in staff. Finally, singer and actor Aaron Carter was found deceased in his home in Southern California on Saturday, November 5th. He came to fame as a teen pop singer in the late 1990s and was known for his roles on television shows such as Lizzie McGuire and Seventh Heaven. His fiancée Melanie Martin asked for privacy, thoughts, and prayers for her and his 11-month-old son, Prince, during this time. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear about what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I'm Ella Barnes.